All right, we're going to talk about both and. We're going to talk about how both and is the theme, the energetic theme for the planet for 2021. And the idea of both and is an old one and a good one. And I can say that in my own life, both and has been a constant theme and I was really surprised and delighted to see it pop up as, oh, oh, this is the planet being's theme for 2021. And we're going to see this uh, showing up again and again and again through so many different experiences uh, that we have individually and that we have collectively uh, throughout the year. So both and is really fun but it can also be a little challenging. <laughs> so really, so think of, let's think about just the concepts for a minute. So both and versus either or, okay? So we have opposites, contradictions, paradoxical concepts or feelings or experiences that don't fit together. And usually we'll do an either or. It's either this way or it's that way. Either he's right or she's right. Going to a both and has us holding these kind of seemingly opposite things together. Now, we're not holding them in order to dissolve the two opposites and kind of remove them, if you will, but we're holding them to bring them into harmony. To bring them into harmony together so that they can come into union, actually, together to make something new. One example of a both and uh, that kind of illustrates this is masculine and feminine. And it's kind of an obvious one when it comes to union, sort of masculine and feminine comes together and makes something new. Um, so, but there are many levels to that. We can get into that. But um, what the most vital level of the both and for this year, for each of us individually, is to expand the capacity that we have at this nexus of energy and matter that we are experiencing here in this human biology that we set ourselves up into as an energy being, as a spirit being. This nexus of energy and matter is to really expand the capacity of the both and of that sacred union of body and soul so that we can expand our expression our as an embodied cosmic being. So the embodied expression of our cosmic self is really at the core of this both and for 2021, but all the both ands are useful and relevant, and they will come up in a million different ways throughout your day-to-day. -day. Now, to do this, we have to open up, right? And... Maybe some of you, like me, we've been opening, we've been opening, we've been opening wider and wider and wider. We've been emptying out and emptying out and opening up wider. How much wider can I go? Baby, you got gears you don't even know yet. Like you got wide that you don't even know yet. <laughs> so we just keep opening up. We have to open up wider than we ever have before. I was thinking about this both and and what would the transmission as I tried to share it in a sort of linear form like I try to do here for you, what would that 
you know, what would some of the kind of components want to be for that? And I was out, uh, I was outside and had my bare feet on earth and was just talking to earth and just enjoying that and enjoying the smallness of my being uh, and kind of the challenge of being this translator um, for this kind of transmission. And I turned around and I've been on this patch of earth many times, even in the last couple of days. And I turned just a tiny bit to the side and I noticed a clam, uh, a, a clam shell, like, but it wasn't one. It was, uh, it was like, it was like a closed set of clam shells together as if a clam was inside it. Uh, there wasn't a clam inside it, by the way, but a closed clam shell was just right there on the dirt, two inches from my foot. I guarantee you this was not there earlier that same day, earlier the day before, uh, you know, etc. And I was astonished. Like, what is this, you know, clamshell with, it's closed. And I, you know, picked it up and was looking at it, was, you know, trying to open it, which I couldn't do, although later it opened very easily. But at the time, it would not open when I tried to open it. And what I heard was remind them to open that's the most important thing that we can do this year with the both and, and that the both and is really just a vehicle to open. Um, <laughs> now, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Before today, before this moment, earlier in this transmission, later in this transmission, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, that you don't already have complete and total access to on your own. There are no gurus, no one is higher above. Anyone who tells you they are is someone to turn your signal down on, if you will. You're opening your signal, you're turning on your signal, and you're making it wider and more receptive, and you're also learning how to put the boundaries on. Right? Like, oh, I don't want my I don't want my signal, uh, I don't want my broadcasting tower to pick up the signal of, you know. The, the so-called gurus who want to tell me how to do everything. You know, I want the signal to the stars and to the, the, the cosmic pit crew that's here to help me, to the angels, to the fae, to the earth, to the beings around me, to the trees, to the plants, to the animal in my lap, to the animal in my yard. I want to open my signal to that. So as you're opening that signal, right, and you're cranking up the signal capacity and the volume, I'm just one transmission that your signal picked up. So let's just be really clear about that. All right. So, but I just love this. I'm looking and holding this clamshell right now. I'm looking at it and just thinking, <laughs> right? And I've got some other examples of both ends right in front of me. So I've got a, a stone from the lake that the lake uh, gave to me that is kind of holding that sandalfin, earth star, energy in it and a quartz, a clear quartz that is holding that soul star, Metatron, galactic dragon energy um, in it from above. And this sort of like below and above is a both hand. And how do we bring them together in this body, in this being, is kind of one of the fun both hands that, uh, you know, always getting better at. So another really, so, you know, masculine and feminine are good ones. 
time is a really interesting both ends. The concept of time and the concept of not of now, which is the concept of no time expressed without a negative, right? So we'll do time in a minute. So the masculine and the feminine are easier to kind of leverage into the idea of a union for creating something new. Um, you know, where, where we have sort of the two things come together, they don't they don't dissolve, they don't they don't be, they don't they don't become negated. A third thing occurs, right? So that's what we're doing here, right? So we want to hold the paradox, we want to hold the ambiguity of whatever the both end is, and I want to just talk a little bit about kind of sort of the Muggles versions um, because this is important because we're both and, right? We have this biology and this brain development experience that we have is is just as important uh, for what we're doing right now. So the capacity to hold ambiguity is actually a hallmark of emotional intelligence and um, of something in the human resource and business literature that's referred to as workplace maturity. That's a desirable trait uh, for folks in many jobs. Um, and so this concept of kind of emotional intelligence and workplace maturity to tolerate ambiguity, to tolerate the tension of contradiction or paradox um, and even just the, the end, like what is the ambic, where will the resolution of that paradox come from? And that is, that creates ambiguity. We don't know. So holding ambiguity is not something that our biology is designed for. Our brains and our nervous systems are very, very unhappy with ambiguity and with not knowing. And we tend to, and our brains tend to fill in, in the absence of information, to fill in a story. And usually that story is negative, right? You think about this from just your own day to day. You don't hear back from so-and-so when you texted them or you emailed them or you left them a voice message. You start to think, oh no, they don't want to talk to me. Oh no, they dislike me. Oh no, they don't want to go on another date with me. Oh no, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's of course, it's also usually about us when we're making up that story. Although we can also do kind of disasterification. Oh, no, they're not calling us back because they had a car accident. Oh, no, they're really sick and they're at the hospital. So we don't do well <laughs> with a lack of, in of information and nature abhors a vacuum. And so we will fill that baby up and we tend to default to filling it up with the negatives. So we want to kind of cut that out. Uh, we want to learn how to cut that out because it, 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 the biology side can be harder than just simply deciding to do it. Um, there's a, commi a commitment and a recommitment in every moment to how to do it, but there are also really important key things for how do we support the biology um, in our brain, in our nervous system, in our body, uh, and sort of train it and support it so that it becomes easier for us and also easier for us to put spirit in charge, if you will. Our own spirit in charge. So... The trick for the overthinker, or for someone with a gifted brain, but really all overthinkers, is to get out of that analysis paralysis issue that happens, right? Where you're kind of, you're just spinning like a computer beach ball, those little computer beach balls when the computer's frozen, where it's like the little tiny round spinny wheel of death, where like nothing's happening, you know, that little ball of stuckness. So that's what's happening to you when you're in that analysis paralysis, and that's because you're overthinking and you're stuck in the mental, you're stuck in the brain, you're stuck in the mind, uh, you're stuck in the intellect. So you've got to stop analyzing it. Stop analyzing it. It's an unuseful expression of ego. 
There can be very useful expressions of ego. And I want to be really clear about that because we have a lot of messages about ego as a bad thing, but there's a both end where ego is concerned as well. There's sort of this puzzle of us. And if we can just get that ego in the right place instead of running the show, it's not the captain of the ship, or it shouldn't be, and it wants to be, you know? If we can get it at the right oar, then, uh, then, then different things can occur. Um, the ego gives us good, interesting data about what do we want to do? What are we driven to do? So ego can be useful as well, but I mean, we're not talking about that here. But that is a thing. So... To get out of this analysis paralysis, to get out of this overthinking place, and to open yourself wider when you feel like, I can't open any wider, that clamshell's sl- it's that slammed tight, baby. Um, here's what I feel is the most effective way to do that. It's also the most fun, and it has many positive effects at the same time. And, you know, we do love efficiency. when We can get multiple outcomes from the one thing. At least I love that. Be the unconditional love that you can access wherever you can find this. Wherever you can have this experience of unconditional love, I want you to go find it and bring it into your day-to-day, into your hour-to-hour, into your minute-to-minute as often as you can. So start with where you can feel unconditional love for another, right? So maybe that's a baby or your child. Maybe it's an animal. Maybe it's a lover. Maybe it's a tree. Maybe it's a honeybee. Where can you feel unconditional love for another living being? I want to just say that as I'm recording this for you, the cats are playing and they're making a lot of noise. You can probably hear them in the background pattering around. You may not be able to. I, I don't know. But it's very uh, intrusive because their little feet, the pitter-patter of little feet is very loud. It's very intrusive and they're jumping up on furniture and like going really crazy, which they will go many days without doing. So it's not a norm for them to do this. And, uh, and Kali in particular, uh, who really likes to embody uh, all of these interesting lessons, is uh, giving me the opportunity <laughs> to test if I can embody my unconditional love for her for her magical being even when she's just completely maddening and so yeah so I just had to share that this is a very funny thing that's happening right here in the moment live uh, that I'm sure you can relate to but so but I do want you to grab that unconditional love like I'm grabbing that unconditional love that I have for Kali <laughs> um, you know I did uh, pause the recording and have a couple choice words for her and then I had to laugh when I realized what was going on But I want you to get into that unconditional love wherever you can find it, right? Grab that feeling and bring it into yourself and let it infuse you. Let it fill you up, right? Let it fill you up from a central core, from like a little pearl of it, right? That little pearl that you have for the place that you started with the unconditional love. And by the way, see if you can bring some of that unconditional love to yourself. But I know that's the hardest level of that unconditional love, so, you know. Do what you can around that, and you don't need to be in full unconditional love to yourself in order for this to be effective. That's what I want you to know. So get into that kind of little pearl, that little core drop essence of that unconditional love, and then feel it, feel it expanding outward like a bubble 
or a balloon. It's inflating and expanding outward, filling you up. It's filling you up all the way, filling up all of you, all of you, all of your energy space beyond your body, out, beyond and around you. It's filling you up and that inflating balloon is pushing out anything else that isn't that unconditional love. I want you to also be aware that it's important to not confuse this both-and work that we're doing for bad boundaries. Right? So what we want here is the both-and at the higher order. We're not going to be porous in our boundaries to allow in that which is not ours, that which is not our love, our delight, uh, our, our path, ours to think about or care about or create or to call in. We're going to be very firm about that container that is us, right? Your container, the container that is you. Are you holding space for yourself? Are you holding space for who you're trying to be? Are you widening and expanding that space? And are you firming it up so that it can be a really, really potent receiver of all that you would like to have provided to you by the universe. It's your job to hold those walls of that container to make sure that they're clean and clear and strong and that what's allowed in and what's not allowed in is very clear. Keep working on that. Keep working on that all the time so that you can be filled up with only the very best only the very most on point for you, right? My best and your best may be very different things. You don't want my best, might make you crazy. Your best might make me crazy, right? I want my best. And as you are creating this new thing from the union of both and, right? Uh, on many levels, in many concepts, you want that really lovely, pristine, beautiful container for that new creation to be in, to, 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 to go into or to, to, to be fill, to fill up that space with. Okay? So what I want to talk a little bit about external stuff for a minute because there's a lot going on externally, and I want to talk about what's happening in 2021 in society and also kind of what of our experiences, and I'm going to talk about time in a minute. Uh, but before I do that, um, so society is going to get where we're going in terms of this Evo Leap that I've been talking about in the past and we'll keep talking about, uh, Evo Leap for humanity that's aligned with the Evo Leap for the earth. Society will get there last. And you must go first, or at least before. I'm here. Others are here. We are waiting and holding space for you. You are not alone. But you must go before society. And when you look around and you see society in disarray and in discord and in increasing uh, frantic, manic energy bursts and flares of conflict uh, and strife, um, the revolution and rebellion energy is very strong right now. And that's part of the theme. Revolution and rebellion energy 
will fill society, is filling society even more, and it will fill us inside as well. And, and when you feel that sense of rebellion or revolution inside you, it may actually be a perfect signal to clue you into where there is a both and inside what you're rebelling around or against or you know whatever's going on there. The themes that are urging the societal sense of revolution and rebellion in the collective, the themes that are urging this on are themes such as freedom and justice and fairness uh, and also safety and security and sort of you don't get to tread on me, uh, you're treading on me, you know, and, and this is coming from everyone. This is coming from all walks of life. Uh, and it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, if you can rise up and observe what's happening from a place of neutrality, where you are in neutrality and not in judgment, uh, but in a sort of detached compassion, ideally even of, condition, of unconditional love for all of the humans who are having a really fucking hard time. And of course they are. It's a shitty fucking system that we've set up over a long period of time or that we've allowed to have set up depends on your perspective on how did that all happen and for this purpose it doesn't matter at all what matters is it's falling it's crumbling it's it's falling apart it's breaking down and that process takes time and it's grim and it's ugly and people are going to get hurt and i can't do anything about that and you can't do anything about that we can mitigate and where you feel like it's your role to step in and be of usefulness and support and assistance in society, do that. But not at the cost of your neutrality or hmm, at the cost of your equanimity, at the cost of your capacity to continue to expand and open internally. Because you, if you're listening to this, you are one of the ones holding and anchoring the new energy grids that will help the collective to move past its hmm, breakdowns of the old and openings of the new more quickly and with minimized damage, if you will. It may be that the most important and impactful thing that you can do is to strengthen and expand your energy and your capacity to transmit that out or down into the earth, into the grids however you think about it, however it works for you. What I want you to know is that the ideas that are driving this conflict externally, they're all reactionary, wherever they're coming from, whatever the belief frame, it doesn't matter. They're all reactionary. Revolution and rebellion is a reaction against another thing by definition. Right? These are what the words are. So you can stay in those polarities, you can stay in that binary oppositional kind of energy and let it chew you up and spit you out over and over and over and over again. Uh, or you can choose to say, hmm, where's my both hand in this and how will I use it to create a platform to step up into that both hand, into that evil leap, into that expansion of my own capacity for love. The both end is here in the smallest details of your day-to-day, -day, just as much as the large issues, right? Like just, you know, you just heard me give you an example from my cat. <laughs> it's everywhere. 
It's everywhere. Trust me. Uh, so look for it, right? Just as much as it is in these large issues. And there may be, you know, one or two themes of this that are, that are really particularly potent for you. Um, this kind of embodied expression of cosmic self is the most potent one for me personally. Um, there are many, and there are many reasons for that. Um, also, I do want to be clear that the both and energy for the planet does not mean that that is your energy theme for the year. Right? So you may have a very different energy theme, but you may see a relationship between that and the both and. Um, and that may be really interesting for you to look at. Uh, and you know, choosing a word or a theme uh, for the year, even if you don't feel like this, you know, oh, what is really mine given to me, you know, in this way, um, it can be very potent. Um, I definitely uh, support that and prioritize that much more so over resolutions. News resolutions and whatnot are, are rubbish and they don't work. And there's just 8,000 million examples in the research literature about how badly they fail and the backlash effect that they create on us. So just don't even do that to yourself. Um, if you really feel like a need to do something beyond kind of a theme, maybe an intention or a place for attention in the year, uh, keep it limited to just a phrase. All right. So you can kind of keep coming back to it like a sort of mini true north. All right. So open to this, but be playful with it. Like, don't get all serious. Like you were taking notes right now and you're getting, thinking about it and you're getting really intense in your brain, right? Relax that, like unclench, unclench that. Take a breath. Be playful with the both hand. Laugh at that damn cat, you know? Um, and open to your own vastness as you are playful. Right? This is a... This is a sacred play opportunity for sure. I want you to realize, to remember, as you are continuing the process of remembering who you are, to remember how vast you are. Because you are vast beyond measure. There is infinite room within you to contain all of these both ands and so much more than you can ever imagine. So let yourself open wider. Let yourself receive. Make room only for that which lights you up and delights you and lets you be in sort of your childlike glee and playfulness. Yeah? This is what we want and need for ourselves, and this is what the world wants and needs as well. So let's just talk for a couple minutes about time. Time can be very fun as well. So time and the now are kind of in opposite. Right? So time moves forward, uh, and in the 3D, in the red, to refer to the red-blue-purple parable, uh, in the red, in the 3D, time only moves forward, and time is a very authoritarian, kind of dictator, mob boss-style asshole <laughs> who makes things really pretty shitty uh, most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. Um, we also think about the now a lot and how do we get present? How do we be mindful? How do we get into that now? And that now moment, that generous present moment, is really where our power is and is really where anything and everything actually is. But there is a usefulness to time. If we can bring the now and the idea of time together into a sacred union, into a both and, where the now is again that, you know, kind of 
timelessness that is like the blue and the red, blue, purple, right? And the time is this sort of like dictator in the red. That red and that blue can come together for the purple. So just think about, and if you're like, oh, it's totally abstract, what are you even talking about? Without time, we would not have the pleasure of progress, right? Time allows us to see growth and change. We can't have expansion without time. We can't have new awareness without time. We can't create new things without time. We just, none of that's possible. If there's just now, that's all there is, just now, right? So if we're completely without time, all of these things that we're kind of, that we're really interested in, that draw us forward, that have that, just that incredible magnetism that pull us in, those need time. But if we can be in the pla- in the purple with them, then time, we can be playful with time. We can sort of skip around in time. We can hop timelines. We can shift our own. We can sort of bend the arc of our timelines. We can do that dramatically. Um, we can hold multiple timelines in our awareness at the same time, in the same moment, in the same now even. Um, this is what's happening to me lately, and uh, it's really interesting and really fun. It's also really hard to talk about um, without sounding like a crazy person, which I'm totally fine sounding like a crazy person to, to talk about without it sounding totally incoherent. Um, but my experience is increasingly of um, not just sort of like a sense of bilocation or, or multi-location of like being in multiple places at the same time, like maybe people would think about around sort of astral travel or whatnot, but, um, but of being in uh, many uh, future timelines in particular, although other past timelines as well, but particularly being in that kind of like part of my job right now is to hold the resonance of high future timelines here in this now so that it's like a beacon. That resonance of that beautiful future timeline, if I'm in it, then I know it, I can resonate it, and then I can come here and be that resonance and be that beacon and be that bridge which is very much my job is to be the bridge to be the living bridge to be the living bridge to help you access your own heart your spirit your soul and for the earth to bridge between herself and you between in her own ego leap and you know all of us bridging between wherever we are and that gorgeous, indescribable, cosmic, primordial magnetism that is really the source, the unified field, the, the divinity, the amazing love that created everything. Bringing that in, right? That's what we're all bringing in. So I've come back around to love, to unconditional love. So I think that's a good place to leave it. <laughs> the both and. Enjoy. I love you. <laughs>